Hello and welcome back to Coast to Coast FC, the Canadian soccer podcast focused on all things CPL, Canadian Championship and more. My name is Philippe Ojo. And I'm Mike Rice. And today we are going over that exciting semi-final match between Cavalry FC and Pacific FC that happened on Saturday. And we're going to go in-depth on everything that happened, every challenge, every goal, shot, contentious moments. We will be discussing it here and a little bit as well as what to expect from Pacific as they bow out of the playoffs in the near future. But before we get into it, make sure to follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, threads and facebook at coast to coast fc and on spotify apple google podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly when we upload but now without further ado let's go straight into this enormous match it was uh great to see a lot of people getting involved in the pre-match celebrations i saw some uh some you know uh threads kind of pictures and on and twitter as well and some reels on instagram about people being at the stadium and being very excited for the second chance specifically for mm. the cavalry fans and uh i don't think the match disappointed especially if you are a cavalry fan mike so i'm gonna go straight to you to let me know what you thought of the opening stages of this match did you expect Cavalry to dominate as they did right off the bat? Or were you hoping for a little bit different from Pacific? Yeah, I think so. I mean, once again, obviously this could lay down a Luke suspension, uh, throw a spanner in the works. But once again, in the playoffs, we saw a new look Pacific, a whole new system set up. Uh, and I did, did you, I think it's, you'd assume Cavalry at home against the team who are probably just figuring out what they're doing a little bit and hoping to ease themselves into the game, maybe Pacific. So yeah, I, you see Cavalry coming out at them and it was it was quite interesting because it got quite scrappy. I mean, Daly and Trafford getting their bookings early on in the game. And that's, the, that's two players that I think Tommy Walden Jr. would hope wouldn't get a booking for a long life. If you could pick two, it's like just, just stay out of the book for a while. Uh, but... They managed to um, keep going throughout the whole throughout the whole one. Um, yeah, no no sendings off, and it sort of calmed down a little bit. Um, uh, well, other than Charlie Trafford, who didn't calm down whatsoever throughout that entire game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. I honestly was surprised that he stayed on the pitch because yeah. he was just nabbing at everyone's heels, especially in that first half. And he got that early yellow, and I thought he was going to calm down, mm. and he didn't. And he rode his luck all the way yeah. to full-time whistle. I'm sure some Pacific fans will be a little disappointed that the ref wasn't a bit more strict on yeah. him. And his reactions every time he gave away a foul were just pure disbelief, screaming. It's just like, oh, calm down. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing you want to do is pull a Mo Babuli and get sent off for yes. descent on a second yellow. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was uh, with Pacific and the new system that they had. You know, I, it, I guess people were maybe James Merriman even were hoping that, you know, lightning would strike twice and a new formation would work perfectly as it sort of did. Yeah. Or, or earlier against Halifax, but it didn't really turn out that way because they, the one thing you don't want to do with Cavalry is allow them to just be comfortable on the ball yeah. and just start to make things very much just routine side to side, just let them sort of put their dominance on the pitch 
right off the bat. And that's what Pacific did. And I guess playing with that back five, they were always going to sit back a little more, more try yeah. to defend, try to hit on the counter, but it never really worked out. They never were able to sort of build off of those turnovers that they won in their own defensive half and try mm-hmm. to go on the counter. Every time Cavalry were there and they were doing really well, winning the ball back early and putting the pressure right back on Pacific. Yeah. And that's how they got so many of their early chances. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to invite Cavalry up, but Cavalry really quite well organized and that they protect the, the, but uh, as well as going forward and being dangerous with the players they've got, they're actually quite conservative at times with their in the center of midfield that they make sure that any transitions they've got someone there to try and sort of uh, nullify it early. Because the players, when you've, I mean, can they do the loop goes up and down and up and down? You can't, you haven't even got, there isn't another player that you can bring in to do that exact job. Baus, I thought was brilliant. Um, he did, he had a really good game. Uh, Mukumbilua as well had a really good game, but they're not players who are just going to fly up the pitch at that sort of rapid pace up and down. Um, they're not that type of player. So you're hoping, let's just get it to the front three because that's what you've got. Aparicio Young will try and join in as well, but the, that back five weren't, going to be affecting the final third of the match, uh, final third of the pitch in open play at all. And that's what sort of made it really difficult for them a lot of this time, I think. Yeah. And I, I again, I understand the sentiment behind James Merriman and wanting mm. to make sure your defense is strong because cavalry is very, very good in the attack. And especially you want to double up on those wings with the left center back and the left wing back mm. and the right center back and the right wing back. Because like you said, you don't have Kunle Dadaluk. And so when you're going to get against, you know, Ali Musi and William Akio, one is not good enough because mm. they will they have the pace and the ability to just blow past one defender. Obviously, if you want to double up on them, you don't allow them to try to get past you or even overload with their with the wingbacks in Fraser Aird and even Bradley Camden. Now, the I think one of the biggest points was obviously where they scored the goal off of the free kick because mm. of the way that Pacific set up defensively. Mm. It was a quite straightforward I think free kick into the box great delivery by Ali Musi no less but I know you had thoughts about the way that Pacific defended on Danny Klomp because it was just way too easy for him yeah he set himself up really well to just make a quick movement and gets round a group of players I mean I think it was um, Amadume and Mukambiwa who were there with him and another um, cavalry player who, uh, it, it, I, I forget who it was now, but Klomp uses him as a screen, his his teammate, and gets around gets around the defenders who just don't react um, particularly well. Um, he And when you've got Dan Klomp uh, with, in the box, if he's going to be getting on the end of a header, uh, getting on the end of a cross with a free header just outside the six-yard box, then... That defensively, that's just your fault. Like you're giving that's um, that's a major error, which I don't think you would expect from Pacific. Usually, like like, like set pieces has been what they like has been a big part of their game plan um, in both ends of the pitch. And I think James Merriman would have probably looked back at that and been quite um, quite angry with how his how his team defended that moment. Yeah, and again, those are opportunities where your team. Sure, you concede a goal that when you look back at it, you'll think we shouldn't have conceded that. But mm. you're expecting a response from the team. 
And I don't know if it was because potentially it's a new system and players are still trying to understand how it is to play with that five at the back. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were just dejected because of the way that they've sort of been riding their luck up until this point in the playoffs, just about managing to get those yeah. wins. But they still have that maybe mentality of fragility that they had at the end of the regular season where they went down a goal and they really didn't have much of a response for the mm-hmm. rest of the half because the goal came relatively well not early smack dab in the middle in the 27th minute so you still have 18 plus minutes mm-hmm. to try to get a goal back and it never really looked that way i mean looking at the stats right now at the end of the first half cavalry had near 60 percent possession over pacific they had 12 shots to pacific's three and they had four shots on pacific's one mm-hmm. and 10 of those shots that Cavalry did, so 10 out of the 12 shots were from inside the box Mm. while Pacific only had one. So that shows that Cavalry were arriving into Pacific's box time and time and time again. And Pacific never really got anywhere near close Cavalry's Mm. box until that one shot that they had. And as much as I criticize the defenders for the club goal, you've got to throw a hell of a lot of praise on the um, delivery of cavalry set pieces, Ali Moussi especially, because they were getting into dangerous areas, the movement of the um, uh, the cavalry players to try and get on the end of um, these balls coming into the box was really good. Um, so as much as, yeah, you can criticise the defence, but they are, the cavalry put them under a lot of pressure and the, the delivery into the box set pieces or from wide areas is, uh, was really good throughout the game. They, they didn't they didn't hold off. <laughs> no. And then halftime came and went after that. And you were hoping to see maybe a, a, a change for Pacific, a change in formation. Something sort of had to give because of the way that they were going. It was not going to be pretty. It mm-hmm. was honestly, in my opinion, at halftime, I thought if something doesn't change with Pacific right now, this is going to be another 3 nil sort of just like a whimper going out on a whimper. For uh, Pacific in the playoffs, and it the way that it started, there was no real change, and until there was a forced change yeah. in the fifty seventh minute, that was the way that uh, sort of Pacific had to rearrange a bit. And I I found it funny. I was following a match thread on the Reddit, uh, uh, Canadian okay. Premier League subreddit, and somebody posted, "I wanted." To change information, but not this way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to when Amir Didish went off, and then Sean yeah. Young dropped back into center back. For you, Mike, when that happened, especially with such a presence, such a player like Amir Didish, mm. did you think that was just kind of the the black spot for them, the mark of death for Pacific, and that that's probably it? Um, I wasn't sure. I mean, Didich is always a huge miss. Like you can't, can't, um, you can't overlook how important he is to this team, but. They needed changes going forward. They brought on Cedric Toussaint. And I thought, okay, well, they're going to go back into that more familiar sort of 4-3-3 and we're going to see them come out and attack. But when Sean Young went straight into centre-back, that's what confused me a little bit of, okay, they're they're sticking with what they're doing. They seem very happy with how this game is going, I guess. Like, I guess the Pacific... um, The Pacific team, the coaching staff, must have been looking at thinking, okay, well, it's only 1-0 what we're doing like they must have had a plan for how this would was going to be going and they're hoping to see that out i mean he did drop back and 
uh, I think almost a few minutes later, just clears one off the line <laughs> from the cross from the cross that came in. Um, so he did his part there. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting to see they didn't really push forward till much later on, where they started having to get players further forward and start um, start affecting the game. So that was that was strange for me. I, I I would have thought they would have gone straight away into that four three three and just tried to okay, we've lost one of our key centre backs. Now let's try and get the game played higher up the pitch. Let's force Cavalry back. It was what I thought they might have done. Yeah, but in the end, it was not. And uh, <laughs> although, you know, Sean Young had an admirable performance yeah. at center back, he had that uh, goal, uh, or he uh, cleared off a certain goal from yeah. Dan Klomp, uh later on in the match. And uh, did admirably for somebody playing sort of out, completely out of position, mm. really, we don't we don't really see him you know as a defensive midfield let alone as a center back yeah, exactly. but he, he did pretty well considering uh where he had to play yeah but before that cavalry doubled their advantage with another freak uh set piece routine this one a very very cheeky <laughs> set yeah. piece routine in the 61st minutes as a short corner one touch layoff pass from Fraser mm. Aird allowed Ali Musi to from a very acute angle mind you wasn't mm. you know an easy shot he had to sort of really wrap his foot around it got the shot off got a little lucky with a deflection but still it was on target it was in the danger area and the ball went into the mm. back of the net to double the lead Mike when you saw that set piece routine that they had clearly off the training ground yeah. what were your thoughts on on everything that was going on there it just it uh it absolutely reeked of a team getting their confidence back like they it just felt like they were in this game and it's like okay now we're feeling good let's let's try this one now like it's been in their back pocket for a little while and things that like when games haven't quite maybe going their way uh especially in that i've seen the forge game previously but now, like they, they were dominating the game, and it was just like, right, now let's. I think we can ride our luck here. Let's give it a go. And I think the ball in from Ed, uh, I forget who laid it off um, to Ali Musi, but I don't think they got the uh, connection they were hoping for. But Ali Musi does really well to uh, like get himself around the ball to strike it with his left foot, and yeah, really well taken. And uh, yeah, a lot of smiles all around when uh, when they were even before they were going to take the uh, corner. <laughs> Yeah, everyone knew what was happening except for Pacific in that situation. And uh, essentially, yeah, that was, as soon as it went 2-0, you could be forgiven into thinking that that was probably it, mm. uh, especially with the performance that Pacific had been showing for the last 60 minutes and not really creating much, not offering too much of a threat. And at that point, I was thinking, well, like I said, this is turning into a 3-0 match. And mm. Honestly, that's where I thought the game was heading. But not five minutes later, hey. we got a little bit of a surprise <laughs> from a player that has been surprising everyone this playoff run. And that is Kekuta Mane, mm. who continues his stellar performance in the offseason, in the in the postseason, rather, yeah. and scored a wondrous goals, really rolling back the years on that one that's a goal that you expect him to score eight nine years ago not not now especially in the way that he played but fantastic goal skipping past challenges yeah. just driving forward and a fantastic shot again a little lucky with a deflection but 
what a goal really good really good so really well taken um really good bit of like build up from pacific and then he gets that chance to just take on these players and just go through it and you haven't seen other than i man salute for many times you don't see them being that direct enough from pacific there's there's so many times they've got the players that can do this and some so often they seem to not have that I don't know if it's how they've been set out to play or instructed to play, but sometimes you just want them to just, just go. You've got the skill, you've got the pace, just be direct at times. And he did it um, and really, really beautifully taken goal and really like, and that's exactly what they need. And then it's that, that from then on, you just thought, hang on a minute. Okay. That's got their, <laughs> got their heads up. How the cavalry deal with this now? Like, did you think Pacific were now going to be, whole new team did you were you starting to think okay game on yeah i mean especially because they had some bright spots Mm. even though calorie were the team that were the most dominant yeah there were some players i mean uh baus zachary baus i thought he was stellar throughout the match because of the way that he sort of came in and you know they had to reshuffle around because of the kunle dada luke uh um suspension mm. and he came in and obviously he he was good for Ottawa before he came to Pacific but we haven't really seen much of him sort of being played in especially at this sort of right back position yeah but the entire time he looked the most dangerous mm. he was the one that was taking players on nutmegging players <laughs> you know breaking through the lines so I thought if other players were able to sort of embody that that this 22 year old you know player being played at a position it can it can do then they can have some life and eventually Kekutamane sort of woke the team up and as yeah. soon as that happened I thought okay you know and then I believe Ongaro came off and then Gennaro Daniels yeah Daniels came too. on I believe and then uh I also think uh they put on Amon Sal- Loof and Adonijah Reed, like James Merriman yeah. threw everything yeah. forward in those <laughs> last few, in those last like, yeah, 20 something minutes. And then it started to look like Pacific actually could do this and started to put cavalry on the back foot. For me, the frustrating part was why did you have to wait until this moment, until mm. uh, Kakuta Mane moment of magic that no one was expecting? for your team to wake up and start putting the pressure on Calvary. Why couldn't you do that from the beginning? I'm sure a lot of Pacific fans were probably feeling the same way, especially in the way that they finished so strongly to the match with the opportunities that they had. But it wasn't just, uh, you know, Pacific had great chances. Calvary had a chance as well mm. to put the game to bed as uh, Ali Musi did more, more of his Musi magic on the right-hand side, crossed it straight in, for uh Dan Klomp of all players to be roaming, you know, pulling a Magikarp James and just uh going straight down the middle to try to attack and and it looked like a surefire goal, a tap in, and Sean Young got a goal line save. Yeah. And I think that really bolstered the team as well. Yeah, definitely. They I mean it's difficult. In cavalry, the crowd are really good and really good. And behind that, behind the goal for uh, Pacific there at that moment, the goal they were defending, a big, really good crowd. They managed to really fire themselves up with that. And 
you you could see players putting themselves on the line like like um Sean Young there and Emil Garstov was I thought he had a fantastic game. Um they made some really big stops throughout that match and they 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 dealt with things quite well. And when you when they were doing that and you bringing on these flair players, you just yeah, there's something about Pacific that you just thought okay, now they're getting a bit of confidence there. I think they're trying to quieten the crowd there and they're trying to just get a bit of a a bit of a foot, footing on this uh footing on this game. But there's always that threat when you've got players like Ali Moussi. Yeah, Ali Moussi is that's a I mean we talked about it even at the beginning of uh the season that he was a player that when he wants to turn it on, he's almost mm-hmm. unplayable and He's become so much more consistent in this second half of the season. And that's just another brilliant example of what he can do and sets up what should have been a, a, a clear goal if it wasn't for the heroics of Sean Young. And his entire performance, you know, this this match, I mean, it's no surprise that he's one of the favorites to win the MVP um, because of the what he what he's yeah. able to do. But Pacific, get away with murder with that and, and being able to keep it to, to a one nil, uh, one goal score line. And they keep pushing and pushing and pushing for those last 10 minutes. And one thing that I, that I said in the, in the preview with Mitchell Tierney was that I'm hoping that we get another close game going into those last 10 minutes, because that's what makes it for me, the playoffs so exciting. Every game has been like that, where it's been maybe a one goal game where every team is throwing everything forward. It's edge of your seat stuff and it's super exciting, a real nail biter of a match. And we've been treated to so many of those in this playoff. And once again, it happened again. And I'm sure a lot of the people at Cofield were were biting their nails, were averting their eyes, were looking at their, their watches to try to see when was this going to be over. It must have been suffering. But for the neutrals, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we got exactly that in the last 10 minutes or so. And uh, it came all to a, a head in those, in the, I believe it was in stoppage time, mm. where Amon Salouf came on in his combination with Manny Aparicio. He was an extremely effective impact yeah. player. That was the Amon Salouf that we saw in the first half of the season, really switched on, being able to take his man on. He didn't give away possession as much as he had been doing in the last few moments and he was really trying to create something out mm. of nothing a fantastic play between him and Manny Aparicio cross the ball that went all the way to the back post going over everyone except for Adam Azure Reed and at that moment I thought this is Halifax all over again <laughs> literally like in the 91st minute across to Adonijah Reed and he can just sweep it into the net and then instead of getting a win they can steal the draw and force it to extra time but Marco Carducci had a different idea Marco Carducci said no and closed the gates on that possibility and made a fantastic stop and you could see everybody's hands were in their heads for the Pacific players they couldn't believe that they didn't score off that opportunity but that you know coming from the captain that was a huge stop at a crucial moment of the game yeah, massive stop. He's um, yeah, saved his team with that. I mean, they switched off a bit, and 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you you leave the smallest man on the pitch to have a free header, basically, in a box filled with like good, competent defenders. It was yeah, a bit of uh, there was plenty of pats on the back from uh, from his defenders for uh, bailing them out there. I think, and um, it, what's really impressive about Kardic, I mean, we both picked him as our goalie of the year in our team of the years um, uh, choices uh, a few just a couple of weeks ago, and he he's involved sporadically throughout the game because cavalry dominate possession so well but you see but when it comes into those five or ten minutes he's put all like in most games like it seems he just put under so much more pressure because teams are chasing trying to get the goal back or um try and turn a draw into a win but he's and he's the one that steps up each time and like to have to have a player like that sort of in your goal captaining your team just keeps spurring them on and I guess as much as you would like to just see out the game nice and comfortably, uh, a moment like this will probably erupt even more sort of confidence among the group, which we'll see what what that can bring uh, next uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's that kind of performance, even though it's just one save, it's an embodiment of this cavalry side that are determined to do away with their demons that's something that i I mentioned in the in the preview (laughs) do away with the demons of not winning a proper playoff match and it's those moments where you need players like a carducci who in that last moment if they would have equalized especially with the history with all of the bad luck that cavalry would have hit would have 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 suffered in the last few years Mm -hmm. that would have changed the game that would have turned the tides completely and then honestly i think pacific could have would have been the favorites going into extra time because of that boost and because mm. cavalry would have been thinking oh no it's happening again but instead carducci makes that huge stop to make sure that cavalry maintain the lead and to ensure that cavalry in the end win the game and win mm. their first playoff match in their history in the proper playoff <laughs> format and incredible to say that, given how good of a, a team a cavalry have been in the last five years. But it's a fantastic performance overall from the team. Very well deserved. And what from you, Mike, when that final whistle blew, what did you think about the, the, the performance that you saw from cavalry, especially in those last 10 minutes? Yeah, I think it was really interesting. I, I mean, Salouf had a few shots from range. That tested Carducci, but otherwise there weren't. Despite how much pressure they were under, there weren't that many clear-cut chances or shots on target from Pacific. And Cavalry will again take confidence in that. That defensively, yeah, yeah, you're going to be put under a hell of a lot of pressure. Maybe some chances will go through, but they limited them so well. Um, so they've managed the game really well in in different ways throughout this match, and they've all part like and they've all played at a really good level um throughout the game they stuck to their game plan they've worked for each other throughout and i think like yeah getting this monkey off the back with the playoff uh getting the first playoff win will only yeah will only spur them on i mean now that you've got to come up against and i would i uh sort of serial winner in forge again next week and get over those get over the last match but Throughout yeah, that's that team. Um, I mean, Cobza had a really good game, looked really great on the ball as well at times alongside Klomp. Um, Willie Accio again, a little bit quiet at times. 
Um, if you have like, if we had to be harsh on some of these players, um, but they've they've definitely got like they they as a group as a whole, they just looked the better team throughout this game, and they 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 put in the work and they they did a lot of the dirty work that even. Ali Moussi, my Bev, and these players are all like up front. They're putting in the hard work for the team as well. It's not like it's a group that just rely on the back and we've got some flair players to lump it forward to. It's a really, really good, impressive team performance, which will, Tommy Wilden Jr. will be probably very happy with and spur them on for next week. Yeah. Yeah, they'll definitely need this level of performance and uh, not only as a as a collective, but from these individuals, the players like Ali Musi, Dan Klomp, and Marco Carducci, amongst the others, they will need to be at their very top of their game mm. to be able to beat, like you said, the serial w- winners in Forge FC in the grand final on Saturday. But it can be done, especially with this group of players. You know, it's Pacific has proven that you can beat Forge in a <laughs> final for the playoffs and uh it's sort of a little bit of a passing of the torch moment i think a specific gives it to cavalry to go and try to prove that you know there are other winners besides forge in these cup competitions for the north star cup and um but for for pacific i was especially disappointed with them after the match because of what they showed in those last 10 15 Mm. minutes it showed that spirit, that determination. It showed that these players can play really well with each other, have great passing plays, be more dangerous. Why wasn't this? I already said it, but again, why wasn't this uh, mm. from the start? And especially because we've seen before the cavalry, as fantastic as they are, they have weak spots. We saw it in the previous game against Forge. Forge didn't have all that many chances. But when they did have those chances, importantly, they put them away. You can create those chances by putting the pressure on Cavalry and forcing some transitions. Mm. Some of these players have mistakes in them. We've even seen Marco Carducci against Valor earlier this season made a mistake because Valor were pressing them, pressing their back line. I think the approach that James Merriman went with, while pragmatic, and I can sort of understand why he went with it, was the wrong one evidently by the final final by the final score mm-hmm. but i would have just liked to seen a little bit more fight from pacific in that game uh off from the start try to make it a bit more interesting from the beginning because you never know what can happen if you score an early goal and surprise everyone at the field the advantage swings your way and then you can try to calm the game down and and manage the game but starting in that sort of very defensive mindset right off the bat especially with the amount of talented players that you have at your disposal Mm -hmm. i think was the wrong call i don't know if you agree yeah, and I think there's something about them uh, as a group since like the midway point where things started to not quite go well right for them, um, and their build-up play seems a little bit too. What the right word is like clinical, like is as to it's it's too technical. Like they're trying to do some something off the training ground every time. Then their build-up play has to be in a certain way. You saw late in the game, Sean Young pick up the ball in the middle of the pitch. He looks to go out left, doesn't play it, and turns. And players are furious with him, like Mukambiwa and um, 
Aparicio and Salouf were out there like, and they wanted to do this build up from the left. And But it seems like that's how we're meant to do it. And that's why they're frustrated because this is how we're meant to do it. Whereas when they were flowing and they were in great form as a group, like things just looked like they were much more organic. Um, so I think that was just something that's happened with Pacific where it's just been, they're trying to get the exact way of doing something. And that's just made it a little bit more difficult for them. Um, and it's sort of blunted their attack, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, it's what's ultimately led to them sort of losing that lead. And now, unfortunately, not being able to um, compete in the final um, in the playoffs. Yeah. And now we, you know, we can talk a little bit now about Pacific in the off season and the mm. impacts that this sort of failed run, not only in the playoffs, but in the regular season yeah. will have because going into the season, Pacific had high expectations, especially with the players that they've signed, especially with, you know, James Merriman seeming to have finally a, a team full of his players, players that he wants yeah. And knowing that they want to try to recapture what they had in 2021 that they let slip in 2022 and and get the CONCACAF Champions Cup football for 2024. And that was always the goal, I believe, for Pacific from the off. Yeah. And then in the first, you know, three, four months, it looked dead set to be, you know, destined for them. They had a, a, a five or six point gap at the top. In after the first, I think, 10 or 12 games, and they were, you know, not systematically decimating teams, but they were getting the job done and they were finding players that were stepping up, play, especially at the beginning of the season, Amon Salouf, Sean Young. A lot mm. of these players were stepping up to the plate and being able to take on the pressure and pull their team through. And that was, for me, the mark of a champion, is even when you're not playing great, do you have the players, do you have the mentality to be able to scrape a 1-0 win, to have like a smash and grab victory? Yeah. And Pacific had that at the beginning of the season. And then the second half of the season happened and they capitulated, allowed Calvary to not only retake first place, but then win it to such a degree mm. that it was, you know, they, they won it early. They didn't even take it towards the last you know, game where it would have been more exciting. They won it by 13 points over Forge in the end. And to see the contrast between where they were sort of a third of the way, halfway through the season to where they ended off right before playoffs, it was a stark, stark surprise and disappointment. For you, Mike, looking at everything that has happened through this season, especially in the wake of this disappointing bow out to Cavalry in the semifinal, how do you feel like James Merriman will be able to pick his players up after such a disappointment of a season, given the early expectations in this, in, in just immediately after this match? It's going to be tricky for him. I mean, it's, um, He's been given this long contract now, so we know he's the, the club have obviously backed him and he's a very good coach. Like so he's he's now in this position where he can say, look, this is my vision for the next couple of years. This is how we're gonna get back to the top. Um, but he's got uh difficult things to do. I mean, when you've got TMG and Didich, two really good centre backs, 
the drop off is huge. So there's going to be like um, I don't put Amadoume as a young player, but he, he he's still very much learning, and maybe he needed more games at that beginning of the season when the team was confident, and then to have to come in and pick up uh, minutes here and start to like be part of the team later on in the season, he seems a little bit off it. I think like I just think he needed that chance earlier on in the year. Um, to try and build up his his uh, abilities there, he's going to have difficult like Manny Aparicio. We didn't know if he was going to come back this season. Where what happens with him next year? That's a big question because he's so important. Do can can they keep hold of him? Uh, is going to be big. Um, I like that they brought in um, Baus. Uh, I think he could be really useful as a squad player because we've had Cedric Toussaint as the only DM. I think he can fill in at times there. We, he's shown he's quite like a bit of a Swiss army knife. I feel like he, he could probably fill a number of roles, which I think will be really handy um, for Pacific going forward. But it's just getting this team to create clearer goal scoring opportunities more regularly. How is he going to work out how to use these players next season? Which ones is, which ones are going to stay? Uh, I guess the big question, like up front, Ethan Ongaro, Janario Daniels, Adonijah Reed. Which ones are the strike? Which ones are definitely strikers? <laughs> I mean, Ethan Ongaro is, you know, is Adonijah Reed going to be used somewhere different next year? Do does he keep faith in them? What what happens with those is a big question. But I guess for you as well, what like the question Kakuta Mane like all season long? Yeah, like this is a bit of a flop. Big time, the uh, the big games turn up, and all of a sudden he's flying. So, like, why has that happened? And can he get that performance in regular season next year? Is that, that's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, Kikutamane is a great uh, point because we, you see what he's able to do. He has the moments where he can roll back the years and create some magic. And that was what was sort of expected of him as as soon as he came into the team. He never really showed it in the regular season. So now do you bank on these few performances that he showed that he still has it and hope that he can now put it more consistently mm-hmm. next season and maybe become more of a of a star in this team and help the team in those moments of of adversity? Or do you realize that this was just sort of a a last flame and but really his his time is done that's going to be a, a big tough call for James Merriman but I think more than anything you know looking towards next season is for James Merriman it's it's not only going to be you know how did I deal with the players and the management in the games because that's a huge call for him I think it's something that some people have criticized before is his in-game management and the way that he sets up his team. But how does he want to approach his own philosophy, the way that he wants to build this team? Because it worked for a while, the way that he had his team. He set up his team, the way that he manages players, the players that he started playing. But then it just looked like he started to run out of ideas or when things weren't working, he didn't really know how to fix it, have a proper plan B. And when he threw something at a wall and it sticked, like in that 4-4-2 that we saw against Halifax, then fantastic. But that's in one game in this one situation. How are you going to do this across an entire season against these, these teams that are always, you know, constantly shifting and changing and evolving throughout the season as as well as you 
how are you going to be able to do that? And you look at some of the the stats for a team that has as, as many quality players in the midfield and the attack, they were one of the worst teams in possession with average possession. They were third last behind Atletico Ottawa, who, as we saw this season, do not like possession. They love yeah. the counterattacking football. And Vancouver FC, who didn't really know what more than 50% possession was until halfway through the season. <laughs> and so for Pacific to be just ahead of those yeah. uh, of those two, for me, shows, you know, is, is this the really the way that you won? To play, I feel like with the quality of players that Pacific have, you should be trying to dominate games. You should be trying to gain more possession. Of course, possession isn't everything. And there are ways that you can win games and win championships without hogging possession. I'm not saying that that's the only ticket to a championship. But I, the way personally, the, the way I look at the specific team and I look at the players... I think being able to have a little bit more possession and being able to dominate games a little bit more will allow you to sustain a title charge and sustain sort of that championship mentality that we were hoping them to have at the beginning of the season throughout an entire season instead of sort of just, I don't don't even know how to describe it anymore, just tailing away, switching off, just shutting down, logging off in the second half of the season. So and that's the um, interesting thing. Sorry, jump in. Like they wanted to, they want to be a possession heavy team. So that's the that's the big thing. That's right. They they they've come out and said like at the beginning of the season, we we want to dictate play. We want to be aggressive on the ball, and we, and we want to put teams under pressure. That's how Pacific want to play. And the fact that they weren't able to then dominate games in possession, they weren't being the dominant team in that. Just shows us. Something I guess there's something that just needs to be adapted on how this how the system is that they're going they're setting out. They've got players who can attack um, in transition. Do we now, do they now change their system and say right next year we want to be a more transitional side? That's that's we, that's where we've got some of our best qualities. Let's go with that. I think maybe they got caught in two minds of we want to mm. be possession heavy, but we can hit you on the transition well, and something just didn't quite and let's not forget they they had a a lot of home games to kick off the year and then travel kicked in and things like that and yeah it's that's a new thing that they had to deal with and changes to uh, as the season went on as well I don't know what you think about that with how their possession no (laughs) lack of possession yeah no I think that's a great point where it kind of did look at times they were stuck in two minds and I think all of the players did too because sometimes the players felt like they were doing too much and other times it felt like the players weren't even being selfish enough they were trying to always find that extra pass Mm. in the attack it wasn't like every game had a clear ideology a clear game plan and how every player wanted to play and you know um, of course they probably have plays that they draw up and training and they weren't really probably working out or they didn't know when to execute them and again what's incredible is that when you look at you know goals per match the stat and goals per match this season pacific are second with 1.5 goals per match that's 0.1 behind cavalry who are 1.6 it's not (laughs) like they don't score goals they scored a lot of goals Mm. in the season but it just, when it mattered most, especially in the second half of the season, it sort of 
just started to dry up. If they continued what they did the first half of the season, that's that also goes to show you how dominant Pacific were in the first half of the yeah. season. That despite having a quite a torrid second half of the season, they still managed to finish second in goals per match. If they could manage to put that first half of the season and extended it, obviously the full season they would have been champions. But even just have four or five more matches turned four or five of those drop points into victories, mm-hmm. and we'd be looking at a completely different table and maybe a completely different situation for the playoffs with Pacific at the forefront of it. Yeah, and as much as there'll be a lot of disappointment around um, around this season for Pacific, there's lots of be quite if they can work out exactly what they want to do next season there's a lot to be quite excited about there's plenty of players on this team that most of our clubs would uh would kill for and there's plenty of players on this team that teams bigger teams in different leagues are no doubt watching so they've definitely got a lot of tools um to use um and players like i mean we're highlighting again but emil gustav to come back from such a difficult start to the year with the um well, with the mistakes that crept in, he's he's just looked better and better as the year goes on. And you, I, I think we're seeing. I, I think he'll be number one for the team next year. Yeah, and and you know you're right. There's a lot of players that they can build around, and mm. I think Gazdov is definitely one of them. Now that he has that full season under his belt, I think he's going to be a much changed goalkeeper next season, and he's going to be a much more mature goalkeeper next season, I believe. Um, and even players like today, Zakaria Baus, he's a young player, like you mentioned earlier, that they could build around it. They can find how he can fit in this midfield to give you a little bit of that extra ability. So maybe it doesn't all fall on Amon Salouf to bring the trickery. You can have a player like Zakaria Baus who can do the same thing from a different side, from the right side, instead of from just the left. And then you have different dimensions yeah. in different areas of the pitch. There are players that you can build around, even, you know, players that have shown this season how good they are, like Sean Young and Manny Aparicio, you know, Manny Aparicio being nominated for player of the year and and also in the list for players player of the year alongside Amon Salouf. If you can find consistency for Amon Salouf or know exactly how to maintain them for an entire season, then you can have some real, real danger in that final third and with that comes wins and with that comes yeah. eventually titles as the hope obviously you need a good defense as well which is something that pacific also struggled with i believe in the second half of the season mm. um struggling to maintain that defensive structure and that's actually something i wanted to ask you as well before we wrap up here is for Pacific, obviously, goal scoring is a huge thing. We're going on about the way that they deal with possession and on the ball, but off the ball, in the way that they defended defended in this last half of the season. Did you feel like that was the biggest issue with them in how they were conceding goals and dropping points? Yeah, I think defending in transition was difficult for them. Um, Can lay down a loop being so attacking. Um, we we saw a few mistakes from him defensively this year. Despite having a really good season, he's put in a big position where he is often chasing back and having to react very quickly. And you're not gonna you're not going to be able to defend perfectly like in, in that way. And like whoever you are, 
he he doesn't get that ability to get back, get himself set and make it difficult for the defender. He's quickly rushing back and making an interception rather than a tackle um, or just like blocking out the play from going there. On the other side, they've got a completely different fullback. Like Mukumbilua isn't that bombing forward player. He's a very right-footed defensive left back. <laughs> so you've got those, so they become a little bit uh, predictable. I guess in a way, uh, no size and I mean, TMG and Didic, really, really good centre backs. But if they're put under so much pressure with teams running at them, that that's the biggest problem. And that's where they, I think, this mix in the centre of midfield um, will need to be worked on how they how they do that. Because if you look on the other side of this game, uh, um, Jesse Daly and Charlie Trafford know exactly their roles. They they support the forwards sometimes not that well. Like they, they the cavalry don't create a hell of a lot of times. We said in that Forge game when Maya Longri came on, he changed the whole midfield because they're actually getting the ball forward. But defensively, they're good. They're really they're strong um, and they can move the ball on. Um, Pacific only really had two Saint there. The others were a bit not quite. <laughs> able to get out of that I'm a number eight mentality while playing number six I guess yeah and and that I think that's a huge thing where like obviously the when you see uh, Pacific having a poor defensive record in the second half of the season you look at the defense but it's also as who sits in front of them and I think Cedric Desain when he isn't there or when he's not performing to his regular uh, abilities not having that proper six there and trying to run with Sean Young and Manny Aparicio or even Stefan Yates at times mm. it, it, you're always going to lack that cover and a lot of other teams obviously have that cover in front of them that helps support the defense mm. and Pacific not having them I think hurt them a lot in the second half of the season and that's something that like, once again James Merriman is going to have to look at for uh, 2024 is how to have better support not only the attack, as we mentioned before, but the defense by having maybe Cedric Dussain's and maybe switching to two sixes mm. and maybe a potentially like a four, two, three, one, if you want to work in that way and having two players in front of the defense that can help screen if you just don't want that single anchor there. Um, these are things that I think James Merriman will have to look at, amongst other things that we will probably discuss no, in a <laughs> specifically tailored episode towards yeah. specific. But uh, for Cavalry fans, don't be uh, uh, too disappointed if we feel like we haven't talked a lot about Cavalry as well. We are going to save that for the preview episode that we're going to be having later this week as well. Uh, that preview episode is going to be paired with a very exciting special uh, occasion that we're going to do as well, which I won't give away right now, but just know <laughs> that we're very excited for it. But don't fret, we will speak a lot about Cavalry's brilliance and how they might be able to beat Forge finally in a <laughs> final uh, on Thursday. But now we're going to move on to our last feature, which is our player of the match from this game between Cavalry and Pacific. As always, Mike Ali, we'll start with you. Who do you have as your player of the match? Yeah, I've changed it. <laughs> I was going to go with, we said uh, at the beginning game, I thought Fraser had had a good game and the uh, the smiles uh, before taking that corner kick uh, did tempt me. But I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Emil Gustav. Uh I thought the uh, he had a really good game. There's obviously someone else uh, who had the best game. <laughs> um, who uh we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about in a minute, but I thought Gazdor kept this team in it, defend and was a really strong 
um, confident goalkeeper uh, throughout. And he was getting a hell of a lot of crosses played into that box. And he was coming, he dealt with a lot of them quite well. He chose when to come. We've spoken about his decision-making on when to come, when to punch, when to catch, when to stay. I felt like he, I saw a goalkeeper who had a, a lot better um, a lot better bearing on the type of delivery coming in and how to react to that. And he's had a tough season. I just want to give him one last well done. <laughs> no, yeah, I, that's a great shout. And and yeah, like we've mentioned before, I think he's going to be a, a a one to watch for mm. for the Canadian Premier League next season as a top keeper. And I wouldn't be surprised if he stays long enough in the league that he. His name will be lined up against other greats in the potentially goalkeeper of the year mm. down the line. But I went with the very obvious choice, <laughs> the no surprise choice. I went with the ever gracious Ali Musi MVP level performance overall. A goal and an assist could have been another assist on Dan Klump there. He was the danger man. He was a difference maker. And he has been on a roll in these last 10 15 games mm. especially and yeah with him being nominated for the mvp i voted for dan klomp in my vote because yeah. i feel <laughs> of how incredible he has been as a defender and as a staple in this team but i would not be surprised if ali musi ends up winning the award come the awards later this week because he is just spectacular to watch. It's just one of those electric players that you can't keep your eyes off. As soon as he gets the ball, you sort of stand up straight or sit up straight, and you wonder, what is he going to do? What is he going to pull off? And especially in the second half of the season, more often than not, he does not disappoint. And he pulls out these these moves, these crosses, these passes, these set pieces uh, that produce goals or at the very least create some really good chances. So... No brainer there. No. Uh, Ali Musi was my player of the match. He was, yeah, it was full, full confidence, isn't it? We're watching him play with. It's great. Really exciting to see the delivery as like it's into the box. The movements he makes was uh, was incredible. I think he had a um, could have had another goal, couldn't he? I think it was um, Gazdov came out and blocked him for one as well in that game. So there's he's just all round, yeah, all round quality player and. Well, if Cavalry fans will hope to see that he can uh, light it up next week. Because, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> as confident as Forge may be in any final, they go up in, they go into. I think whoever uh, whoever is up against Ali Musi uh, throughout that game is in for a really difficult job, um, and it could be a real difference maker. Yeah, for sure. The Cavalry fans are going to want to see him have the best performance of his yeah. life on Saturday against Forge because. It's that kind of performance that it's going to take to to beat the you know the always in the final forge, uh, yeah. especially <laughs> in their own home ground at Tim Hortons. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Once again, make sure to follow us on our Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and Facebook so you can give us your thoughts on this week's episode, on what you're excited to see from. Cavalry and Forge on Saturday maybe some guesses on what we're going to do for Thursday's episode and whatever else interaction you would like to do with us because we always love to hear from you but until next time I'm Felipe Ojejo and I'm Mike Rice and this has been Coast to Coast FC signing out Mm -hmm.